This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. It's apple season, and one of the great pleasures of life is biting into a crisp, fresh, locally grown apple, whether that's an apple from a local orchard, your farmer's market, or your backyard. Suzanne Slack is here today to talk apples. She is an Iowa State University Extension fruit crop specialist and assistant professor of horticulture at Iowa State. Hello, Suzanne. Hello, Charity. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. And of course, a good apple season depends on a lot of different things happening through the spring and the summer before we even get to the fall. How are things looking for apple growers in Iowa this year? Uh, Yeah, so um, varied. Some apples look absolutely great. Um, We've seen a lot of hail damage this year throughout the state. Um, That's been a bit of a major concern. Some Orchards have seen up to 90% losses due to the hail damage. Others have come out unscathed. So unfortunately, hail is a very random um, occurrence. So sometimes the apples are okay, sometimes they're not. Right. What does hail do to an apple? Um, Well, it dents it and it also breaks the skin. So the apples will end up with all these little wounds. And especially if it's early in the season, as the apples are growing and maturing and getting bigger, those wounds will expand and have these uh, really ugly gashes, but then it also opens the apples for pest problems. Um, Mm. Seen a lot of people saying, oh, there are insects in my apples, but it was hail damage, then the insects get in and make it worse, or fungi. So, of course, apples are not just eaten out of hand and used for cooking in the state. Uh, They're also turned into cider. Can you use hail-damaged apples for cider, or are they the kind of, is that the kind of damage that can't be rescued? Oh, it depends. Um, some damage, if, if you can tell that nothing else was uh, really eating it before you wanted to eat it, they're, they're probably fine. So um, as long as there's no mold or uh, fungi that are definitely going through or if you cut it in half and it looks fine, especially if the damage is very surface level, just cutting about a quarter of an inch away from that damage, you can use the rest of the apple for sauce jam, jellies, cider, no problem. All right. Now, of course, there are so many different kinds of apples and different kinds of apples ripen at different times. If you go to your local orchard, they're going to tell you what's ripe. But if you have a tree in your backyard that maybe you didn't plant, how do you know that an apple is ripe and ready to pick? Well, there's a couple of telltale signs. Um, The first, if you're really not sure, look for apples that have already started to drop. So usually the first um, apples don't ripen evenly. Um, they'll ripen slowly over about um, a week. Some some of our newer cultivars are better at that. Others are actually worse and require two to three pickings. Um, but if you start seeing some dropped apples on the ground, that's a really good sign. The other way is to just take one and lift it up. And if it snaps off really easily, it's ready to go. If it doesn't snap off really easily just from that pressure of lifting it up, then it still needs a couple of days. All right. And uh, of course, there are pests that love apple trees. People who grow apples for a living have to do a lot of management for their apple trees. Are there different things that can cause an apple tree to drop its apples early before they're even ripe? Oh, yes, that's true. Um, If you don't water your tree very well, um, the tree can become stressed out and drop the apples. Um, Typically, that's the number one cause of early apple drop is some kind of stress like that, usually water related. Or wind, of course, if there's a wind event, um, maybe 
there'll be some more dropped apples too. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about growing apples in your own backyard. But I want to talk about cultivars because there are so many different kinds of apples. And that's one of the the real joys of apple season is that you get to try a lot of different kinds of apples. And Suzanne, I know that you are kind of an apple fanatic in addition to being an apple expert. So what is your favorite cultivar? What kinds of apples do you love the most? Oh, man. Um, so I have a couple of favorite cultivars. Uh, my favorite commercially available cultivar that's widespread is um, Gold Rush. So it's an apple. It's a yellow apple, and it's one of the last apples to come on in Iowa. Um, it's very tart and crisp. It makes great cider, uh, great fresh eating, and great apple sauce. So it's a it's an all-around all winner. It's also very disease-resistant, um, so it's a little easier to manage. Um, one of my other favorite apples is a little harder to find. Um, it's and I probably am pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's Akane apple. It's a Japanese cultivar um, developed around the same time as Fuji apples, which people might be more familiar with. Um, and it is a smaller, very tart, nice, crisp apple. It's similar to a Jonathan, but it's a little crispier. Okay. Yeah, because Jonathan's, I love Jonathan apples. They, I'm, I'm a tart apple person, and Jonathan's are just perfect, except that they don't store for very long. They're great when they're ripe and, and ready to pick, but they get soft really fast. Oh, yeah, that's um, yeah, there's a lot of different characteristics. Uh, the softness is something that a lot of the newer cultivars have been. They try to breed that out. People definitely want uh, crisp apples. Well, and that that seems to be a trend right now. Of course, we know that everybody is crazy about honey crisp apples. And there are a bunch of other crisp cultivars that are relatively new that that we're learning more about. Tell me about those. Oh, yeah. It, it seems like a trend that all of the new cultivars have crisp at the end, thanks to the Honeycrisp. Um, so Honeycrisp is kind of a mainstay, but uh, some newer ones that are um, just coming out on the market and are available at some Iowa orchards right now are um, Ludacrisp. Um, and Ludacrisp is a very fun name, um, and it also has a very interesting taste. So depending on who you ask, my, my personal opinion on it is it tastes like you had some juicy fruit gum, and then someone gave you an apple and it's a combination of that apple taste plus the remnants of juicy fruit gum. Some people feel they get a lot more tropical notes than that, but that's how I feel about it. Um, definitely worth trying if you see one. Yeah, I'm not sure that that sounds pleasant to me, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I would uh, try it. I would definitely try it. It's actually pretty good, um, and it's crispy. Uh, it's it's a good apple, but it's, it's a newer one, um, and I think you should be able to find it at a couple of orchards around the state. All right. And, and I mentioned Honeycrisp, which was all the rage just a few years ago, and now they're a little easier to come by. But that's kind of a difficult apple to grow. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great one. So a lot of people complain that Honeycrisps are expensive. And if they weren't expensive, growers would not grow them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, these trees are hard to grow. They're, um, they're not very fond of a lot of different rootstocks that we use. So they're, um, they, have to, they have a lot more inputs and they also have a, a really bad problem with calcium deficiency. So t for uh, Honeycrisp to even make it to harvest without any of the calcium deficiency showing up in the fruit, it requires a lot of inputs, a lot of extra calcium applications and nutrients that um, are required. So it's a harder to manage tree. All right. So when you pay more for your Honeycrisps, there's a reason <laughs> for that. Oh, yeah. Those those growers worked hard for those those apples to get to your uh, fridge. Last year, I tried a Crimson Crisp for the first time, and I thought that that was absolutely delicious. And, and do these 
Do these cultivars with crisp at the end, do they have things in common? Are they related to each other? Or is this just a way to make me want to try an apple because crisp sounds so good? Um, I, I feel like it's a marketing scheme. Okay. Um, <laughs> a, a great example is um, Honey Crisp came from Minnesota. Candy Crisp came from New York. And then this new Cosmic Crisp is coming from Washington. Okay. And they're not related whatsoever. It's just a crisp makes people want to buy the apple. I think that is absolutely true. That makes me want to have an apple right now. So, you know, we, of course, can go to our farmer's markets. We can go to our local orchards, which is a great way to support local businesses this time of year. And it's also a fun experience, especially, you know, when you get to go to a U-Pick orchard, that kind of thing. But a lot of people want to grow apples in their own backyards. What are some of the things we should think about before we plant an apple tree? Yeah, um, definitely doing some site selection work is really key. A lot of times um, the apples are just not in a good place and they struggle and they suffer and then you get not very good tasting apples because the tree's stressed out. Um, definitely making sure that you do some soil amendments if uh, required. If you're going for something like a Honeycrisp, um, it might be good to add a little bit of calcium to the soil beforehand. It's hard to amend that stuff once the tree's growing. Um and just knowing what the time commitment is for an apple tree. Uh, you can't just plant it, leave it, and expect nice apples um, the following year. It takes a lot of management. So, so it's a, it's a yeah. commitment. Talk me through that a, a little bit because I think it's a lot of management, and it's the kind of management that a lot of people really don't want to do because a lot of people don't want to spray chemicals. So how do you manage an apple tree? Oh, man. Um, that's that's a We could talk for like two more hours. You've um, got like two minutes. Of a, <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. Um, so, of course, proper pruning is really important, and people don't like pruning in the winter because it's really cold, um, but it needs to be pruned every year. Um, you really can't skip a year, especially when it's young. Uh, then in the summer, whenever spring starts, um, the flowers come out, and there's a lot of um, other bacteria, fungi, and insects that also want a piece of those flowers. And then as the fruit develops, there's a lot of things that also want a piece of that fruit. Um, so really, you know, there's different things you can do besides straight-up chemical management. There's some um, biosafe products, but they still need to be applied almost weekly throughout the season if you want a perfect, pretty apple. All right. Well, and I've... I grew up in Iowa and uh, grew up on various acreages throughout the state. And so when I was a little girl, we had uh, lived on a very old farm and there was this amazing apple tree that was very tall in our backyard that had snow apples on it. And so a few years ago, I bought my parents a snow apple to plant. And, and looking at these heritage varieties, this has now become a very tall tree. And of course, most of the apple trees that you buy these days have been grafted to dwarf trees. And there, there's just so much to decide when you're buying an apple tree, what kind of apple tree you want to buy and what's going to be easy to manage, easy to grow and easy to pick, or at least that you can do successfully. It sounds like you almost need a degree to be able to, to figure this out, or at least to call you, Suzanne. Oh, oh yeah. People have questions. They feel free to call me um, or Aaron, of course. Um, but yeah, knowing what kind, like how tall a tree will go in your site is really important. And um, these days you can buy anything from an apple tree that only gets four foot tall to one that gets almost 40 feet tall. Um, and literally everything in between, depending on that rootstock. Um, and there is a trend for older cultivars, like you mentioned, heritage apples. Um, currently at Iowa State, we're doing some, uh, we're getting ready to do some research on some of the older um, heritage apples that were developed at Iowa, that were developed at Iowa State back in the day, almost 100 years ago now. Um, so we're excited about that. But um, the older cultivars, if you choose them, have a lot harder management than some of the newer ones. So that also is something to think about. 
All right. Well, we could talk about apples, I think, for a long time, but we do need to take a break. And uh, I've been talking with Suzanne Slack, Assistant Professor of Horticulture at Iowa State University. She's also Iowa State University Extension Fruit Crop Specialist. For more gardening information and tips, please subscribe to our Garden Variety Newsletter. You can find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time.